This message was presented at the GYC 2012 conference in Seattle, Washington. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Oh, we want to welcome you guys here this morning. Uh, it's a blessing to, to be all together. Were you guys blessed by the morning devotional? Amen. Yeah? That was powerful, huh? To, to really uh, just look at that again. And it's, it's always a blessing to reevaluate motives, isn't it? And just to ask the Lord to purify and cleanse everything inside of us. Um, my name is Heidi Bryant. I'm from Southern California. And I love Jesus. I'm so thankful to be a part of uh, this session. Ken uh, here is from Michigan. And we're, we actually just met because of doing this seminar. And it's a blessing to be able to do it together. Uh, and share with you. We're going to be going off and on, but it's how to share your testimony, um, omissions, inclusions, and purpose. Uh, a lot of these conclusions you'll want to draw for yourself uh, from the different talks that we have. It's not going to be some, like I said yesterday, it's not going to be you know a PowerPoint of telling you what to show and what not to say and how to say it. It's it's more the big principle idea of what what is God doing in your life, giving glory to Him. And yesterday we were talking about how uh, God is working all around us. Uh, how many of you guys came yesterday? There were a few. Okay, awesome, sweet. Uh, God truly is at work all around us. If we'll just open our eyes and actually look for it and see it, uh, we can give Him glory so many times uh, by keeping our eyes open. And so today we're going to be going into a little bit more of that experience. Uh, but before we do, let's just uh, say a word of prayer and ask for the Holy Spirit to, to guide today's session. Father in heaven, Lord, we want to praise you for the way that you're able to work. Thank you for even working in our lives this morning in our own personal time with you. Thank you for working in our lives through the, the devotional our interactions with others. And Father, we don't want you to stop. We don't want you to stop working in our hearts and our lives. And we claim Philippians 1.6 today, that we can be confident that he who has begun a good work in us will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask for you to continue that work that you have begun. And we pray for your spirit here today in our individual hearts and minds that we would truly be led by you into a deeper understanding of how to share the testimony you've given us with others, Lord, that we might truly share because we are compelled um, by having something so good that we can't keep it in. Lord, bless um, Ken as he shares. Please anoint him with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Before I begin, um, would you turn around and just smile at somebody eh? and give them a high five? Okay? So you you got to give somebody a high five today? Huh? Share your name with somebody. Share, share your name with one person. In fact, in fact, don't share your name right now. Pick up somebody's name tag and read it. Okay? Just pick up their name tag and read it. Okay? If you can't pronounce them, ask them how. Okay, those of you that are 
those of you that are in the back rows, would you mind coming up front? Because if you're at a church and you're inviting people that are, are not Seventh-day Adventists or are not of any faith at all, and they would come to your church, they aren't going to want to come and sit on the front row. It would be too embarrassing. So let the backsliders have the back, okay? Um, let people that are of, uh, of just hearing of the faith, of, of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit has sparked their interest, and bring, let them feel as comfortable as they can. Think about what it's like to be new in the faith. Well, we have asked the Holy Spirit to be here. I am convinced that God is going to bless us today. In fact, one lady here had a dream and said that God told her to come here today. So I don't know what God wants to do. I'm only an instrument. Heidi's only an instrument. But we realized from yesterday that our testimony is valuable that it, it could actually mean the salvation of someone else. That you could build hope in somebody else. I, wanna, I want you to think about this for a minute. Do you generate hope? When, when people are around you, do they walk away and say, Wow, Francisco. I don't know what it is, but every time I'm around him, I'm, I'm a better off by being around him. Uh, he, he smiles to me. He, he, he ministers to my heart. I'm, I, I want to be a better person when I'm around him. He encourages me. And, and, and I've noticed that when I'm negative or I'm critical, he doesn't side in. He doesn't add to that conversation. He directs it a different way. Oh, yeah, that happened to your sister. But you know what? He, he probably meant well, didn't he? He's just a sinner like us, isn't he? You know, have you ever fed negativity? Have you ever been a part of encouraging gossip? Discouraging thoughts? Have you ever thought about your presence having detoured someone from Christ? And I, I'm sad to say, I have... I have done that so much. I am here standing with Heidi as a sinner saved by grace. Guys, as early as I can remember, I've been selfish. And, you know, if the devil would go on vacation for two weeks, I'd still be lost. I'd still be a sinner. You know, don't say the devil made you do it. He didn't make you do anything. You were born selfish as early as I can remember sneaking over to my neighbor's house and watching television and my parents didn't know it, um, you know, and, 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 and listening to Westerns. And then when I got home, what is he doing? Where did he learn to act like he had a gun in his hand and shooting his brother and his sisters? Where did he learn that? Why at three years of age did I see somebody flick a cigarette? And I, I looked, well, that's cool. And I picked it up and I, I didn't know what to do with it, but I put it in my mouth. And my mom's looking and I said, oh, this isn't good. I know that. Something's going to happen. I remember when I was in high school, um, the fear of why I didn't, I, 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 I wouldn't share a testimony, stifled my testimony. 
Guys, when I was just a few years earlier, I was baptized. I had given my life to Jesus, and, and I was at a camp. And, and I was baptized in a lake. And, and then just a couple of years after that, the devil, he, he knows that your testimony, what God has done in your life, what God is doing in your life is so powerful that it can give someone else hope and the kingdom of God can spread. And so Satan's got to stomp that out. He wants to do everything he can to stifle it. Oh, what do you, if you share your faith, those girls are going to think you're really weird and you'll never get a date. If you share your faith, you're never going to have friends. Everyone in your school is going to make fun of you. If you stand up for, for what you know is right, everybody else is saying, come on, let's go out to eat. But it's Sabbath. If you don't, if you, if you don't go along, if you, if you don't wear what everybody else is wearing, you need to buy this. You need to buy that. You need to look this way or that away because you don't want to be different. If, if you're different, if, 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 you, if you look weird, if you stand out, no one wants to be dumped on. No one wants to be made fun of. No one wants to be called out. You, you, you like coming in and sitting down and just being comfortable. And, and, and let me be comfortable. And Satan is just hovering around us, whispering in our head, just be still. Just be quiet. Don't be the first one. Don't stand up. Don't go to that altar call. Don't. What will people think of you? Guys, when I went away to boarding academy when I was 14, 600 miles away from my house, a couple of years after I'd been baptized, I, uh, I got to that boarding academy, and I remember the first night. And, you know, at our, our family, I was... I was raised in a loving family, a kind home. My parents loved Jesus. I have three sisters that spread the gospel all over. They write cooking books, and, and they're on 3ABN, and they just do all kinds of stuff. And, 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 and you know, I, I've had godly influences in my life, but Satan is in the business like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Guys, do you realize that Satan is studying the defects of your character since your birth? And he's trying to find a way in which he can slip up you up. He's the liar. John 8, tells us that he's the father of all lies. We can't believe him. We can't trust him. I was there and getting ready to go to bed and we usually had our prayers, but no one was praying. And I was like, man, these guys are older than me. What should I do? Should I say, hey, guys, are we going to pray? There was three to a room. This was a full academy. I'll never forget that night laying on my back when the lights were out and praying my prayer. God, you know, I know I didn't kneel down. I know I didn't have worship, uh, but, you know, I, I love you, and 
and I want to give you my life. And that morning, I went to the cafeteria. And I was, I was a freshman. I was young. I was... Satan knew what my testimony could do in other people's lives. And I went to that cafeteria, and I'll never forget, you guys, I, I got my tray and I sat down, and, and here were people I didn't know, and I sat my tray down, and, 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 and my custom was to have a blessing. And I looked around, and no one else was praying. No one else was, was, was praying. And I'm like, oh no, what do I do? You know, if, if, if I pray, I know that that person's going to make fun of me. This person's going to laugh at me. I don't want to be laughed at. And here's what I did. Ah, oh, man, dear Lord, thank you for the food. Oh, please bless it. Oh, help it to nourish and strengthen my body. I rubbed my eyes and pretended that I was just getting the, the morning, the night off, the night's rest off of me. And I prayed and had my blessing. I did that a couple more times until finally I had to make a choice. I either had to quit being a Christian, quit being a hypocrite, or be a Christian and not worry about what anybody thought. I wish I could tell you I chose that, but I didn't. It was the last time I prayed for years. For years. You know, in, in testimony times, I've never been comfortable with um, people sharing their testimony and for 50 minutes telling how worldly they were and how much they involved themselves in the world. And then 10 minutes before, it's time to dismiss, but I've given my heart to Jesus. You know, when I was a young person and and we had those people come to speak before me, I was like, man, you had, you had money, you had fame, you had, you know, I mean, excitement, you had a thrill, you had girls. Why would you want to give your life to Jesus? You do that when you're old, when you can't have any fun, when you, when you can't do anything else. Because that's, that's really what I thought after some time away from Jesus. You see, after some time away from Jesus, after your testimony of stifled, you can't see clearly. You're distorted. Because you're not using the Bible to guide you, you're using your own understanding. You're using your own wisdom. You're putting yourself in the place of God. And you're allowing yourself to... To determine who's right and who's wrong. You, you, you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Guys, I want you to get in groups real quick. Just get in groups real quick. And share with somebody one experience in which you denied Christ.
which, which you were tempted to, to stifle your testimony. Where is it at? Is it in the meal? Is it a restaurant? Is it in keeping the Sabbath? Where is, where is a struggle for you right now? Come on, get together and be vulnerable. Turn around. Look at don't inc- don't exclude anyone. Come on. I'm going to give you 20 more seconds. Can you relate, you guys? I mean, Satan is doing everything he can to try to stifle our testimony. He's throwing all kinds of temptations our way, isn't he? Can you relate? When you start to talk among each other, you realize, wow, I'm not in this alone. It doesn't have to be the, uh, it doesn't have to be the same way in which he tried to stifle me. He studies the defects of your character and he's thinking, where are you weak? Where are you weak? And, you know, if he can stifle your testimony, wow, do you know how many people that I influenced for wrong? In the years that I had not been following Christ, I had left the Lord. Um, You know, in fact, um, several schools, you know, usually they're recruiting students. 
Several schools thought that I should go to other schools. You know, we don't want you here. You need to go someplace else. <laughs> and, and, you know, as a result of, 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 of that, 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 that battle, that conflict, and me, you know, not spending time in God's word, not going to God and saying, God, I'm really struggling here. Help me. I was more worried about what my friends thought are, 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 are making friends. And I was being told every day, listen, God's word is for old people. There's, it's not for you right now. This isn't exciting. It isn't fun. You need to do this. You need to do that. You, and so I tried everything. Okay, let's do it. And, and, and I did it. And, and I'm not going to go into all of the ins and outs and give the devil credit. It's all garbage. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in the church and you're faithful, Seventh-day Adventist in attendance, but you don't share your testimony, you're in the same boat as I was in. I mean, I don't care if you have a joint in your hand or if you have a, a, a Sabbath school quarterly. You're in the same boat. If you're allowing self to guide your life instead of Christ. And so, you know, I want to be about what, what Jesus is about. And it took me a long road. And I remember you guys, I was in my bathroom one day. I went in there because, um, you know, my parents would call me and I didn't want to talk to my parents. I was married. I wasn't a Christian and my, my wife would say, hey, your dad's on the phone. No, find some excuse. I don't want to talk to him. Because he would say stuff like, I'm praying for you, son. He would say stuff like, you know, your mother and I love you. And, and you know, that was all good stuff, and I, I loved it. But, but I was so tired of conviction. I would, I would get, get to the point where I didn't want to watch the news. I didn't want to hear anything. I, it, was, it was like God was taking uh, the taste of the world away from me, and it wasn't as fun as it used to be. But still, you guys, when Jesus paid the penalty for our sins, salvation is, has a high cost. Sometimes we tell people salvation is free. It's a gift of God. And that's partially true. But it's not entirely true. We, we water down the message with that. Salvation costs the very blood of Jesus Christ. In our next session, we're going to go into the cost. And are you willing to bleed for Christ? Are you willing to sacrifice for Christ? Because salvation, in order to be able to, 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 to win our salvation, Jesus had to pay the price. And what is the penalty for sin? You see, when I was going through some of my struggles, I was, I was in a situation where I knew I was dying. I had put some things in my body. I had got to the point where I just didn't want to hear the voice anymore, and I was dying. And I'll remember going to my bathroom 
And, and, I did, and there was this thing that was like, I, I want to die, and yet I don't want to die. I know that if I die, I'm lost. But I don't want to be saved and change. I, I want to be saved, but I don't want to change. And so I went to the bathroom, and I was trying to stick my finger down my throat and throw up because of all of the stuff that I put in there. And, and I knew I was going to end my life. And I couldn't throw up. I couldn't get rid of it. I went to the sink and I drank all kinds of water trying to dilute it. And then I said, I went to the bathroom again and tried to throw up. And I couldn't throw up. And I laid down on my bathroom floor. I'll never forget this, you guys. There's very few people I've even told this experience to. I laid on the bathroom floor and I, I was just, I was dying. And I looked up and I had a vision of Christ. I'll never forget the kind of expression on his face. It wasn't of condemnation. It wasn't. We all give that look, don't we? You haven't measured up to my expectations, so. Agape love. Jesus' unconditional love coming from a, 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 a God that actually paid the price for my sins. There's a difference here now, isn't there? There's a difference. Jesus, who actually paid the price for your sins, who was laying not on a bathroom floor, but naked on the earth that he had created. And he outstretched arms and cursing around him, willingly lays down and allows spikes to be driven through his nail, his, his, his hands and his feet. And he looks at me and he's like, Ken, I love you. Would you give me a chance? Would you let me save you? And I'll never forget hearing this. Ken, I can't do anything else. This is my last opportunity. And he starts to leave. And I'm looking up. And I cry out. And I say, God. I says, if you can save me, I'll give you my life. I'll go anywhere you want me to go, and I'll do anything you want me to do. I'm a certified welder. I'm in construction. I run with a, a rough group. We work seven days a week, 12 hours a day. We build things. We're working in power plants, fab shops, working for Exxon and doing all kind, built, putting in pipelines and, and building things. And, and I, I had no idea what I was getting into. But you know what? Jesus wants all of you or none of you. He's a jealous God. And he says, you know, I mean, you think about this. You think about this. Which one of you would, 
would come into this room and say, hey, I know we're, I know we're married, but you know, um, there's a woman over there that I'm really attracted to. Would you pretend that we're not married? Girls, would you be okay with that? What if it was a boyfriend? No commitments. And he said, hey, listen, we're going to GYC. And I, I, I really, really like you. And if I can't find anyone else, I will marry you. But for, for, for this GYC, I'm going to look around. Would that be okay with you? Yeah, we do it to Christ all the time. We do it to Jesus all the time. And he says, Ken, you know, unconditional surrender are my terms. I can save you. I can give you a life that, that you could never have doing all this other stuff. I can, I can fulfill your wants. I can fulfill your needs. Guys, I thought that I could never live without sports. Now, I don't mind, I don't mind playing recreation. But I don't have any desire to watch competitive sports in the least. And sports was my God when I was in high school. I have no desire for that. Guys, Jesus, the power of the gospel, and when it comes in your life and it changes you, it can change your habits. Because I want to ask you this, what is more important, forgiveness God's power to forgive or God's power to change? Because when I was a kid, I thought that it was all about forgiveness. I would steal dimes out of my mom's investment jar. I felt bad about it the first time. The second time I felt terrible too. But about the tenth time I wasn't feeling as bad, every night I'd say, God, would you forgive me? God, would you forgive me? God, would you forgive me? You see, it's not just forgiveness that we need. It's God's power to change our DNA, our thoughts. It's like, I don't want to steal anymore. You guys are safe around me, you know? (laughs) You lay your wallet down, you're safe. Is everybody safe around you? Are, are, you, are you people that can give hope? Are you people that you can give hope? You see, this afternoon, we're going to go door to door. We're going to be um, knocking on homes. I wanted to share something with you um, that is just incredible. It's found in uh, Testimonies to the Church, 8, um, page 16. It says, for many years, foreigners from all lands have been coming to our shores until America's population is largely foreign. Her large cities are practically foreign cities. There is a providence in this. Pentecost experience is to be repeated. 
Isn't that awesome? It is God's purpose that men from every nation under the heaven that have gathered here shall hear the last message of mercy and carry it back to their friends and neighbors. But in order to reach the foreigners in our cities, house-to-house work must be done with the periodicals and books which are printed in their own language. They must hear men speak in their own tongue. From door to door, his servants are to proclaim the message of salvation. That's going to be fulfilled this afternoon. How many of you are going? I want to encourage you to go. When I gave my life to Jesus on that bathroom floor, I had no idea what I was getting into. I had no idea I would be a pastor. I wanted to own my own business. I wanted to uh, be a, 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 own my own welding business. I mean, I was driven. I mean, I, I, I did all kinds of things to destroy my body, but I was driven. Seven days a week, um, 12 hours a day. I know so many nights I wouldn't get to bed till 3 in the morning. I'd get up at 5 in the morning and do it all over again. I was driven. I wanted to be the best At an early age, I was the youngest welder on our job, on our crew, and the highest paid. I'd go anywhere. I'd work 300 feet up in the air. We played chase on the iron when we were waiting for our materials to get there. We'd go and be jumping on on the iron and sliding down beams and just crazy stuff. But you know what? When God gets into your mind, when he gets a hold of your heart, you know, he takes the, the energy. He takes whatever you have. And he says, I don't care if you're quiet. I don't care if you're introverted. I love you. You've got a testimony. You're going to be powerful for me. Just tell people what I can do. Just tell people what I've done for you. Um, break up in just a minute and, and, and take just a few seconds, share really quick of just one thing that God has done for you just this weekend so far. Go ahead. One thing. Share with somebody one thing that God has done. Be a hope builder, guys. Look around. Some of you are just stargazed.
Okay, right now, you guys, Heidi is going to go around the room, and she is going to um, get volunteers that will share with somebody how someone else in this room um, gave you hope in their testimony or in some way just in this room. Now, so you're not raising your hand and saying, I gave somebody hope today. No, you're raising your hand and said, hey, this guy right here who I've never met before in my life just said something that I want to share. Is there one here? All right. Um, hello, everyone. Um, I was speaking with a group of young people here. Um, t- t- for two of them, it's their second time. For two of them, it's their first time. And they just gave me a simple, short testimony about how on the bus ride here, the Lord gave them no bumps, no troubles. They just came here with a smooth ride. And, and I'm there, I'm, I was expecting something huge and what have But like, um, um, as I came in the room, I was thinking... Mm, um, it's about testimonies, and sometimes you just want to talk about the, the amazing and, and fantastic things that he does, but like the simple things, the Lord gave, yeah. gave them a safe ride, and I just want to say praise the Lord. That's given me hope. Amen. 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 Anyone else? Come on, no one built hope? Come on. huh? Oh, way in the back. There we go. You're going to give Heidi a workout today. Yes. There you go. I was just telling her um, how pretty much... <clears throat> the um the appeal today, how it um was talking to me directly, and it's like when I say directly, like directly, directly, cause um Saturday, like my devotion life was kind of trashy, and um you know playing around, you know sleeping, not trying to wake up, and um yesterday I had a wonderful devotion and I was feeling good, you know I'm like yeah I got this now I got this, and this morning. I didn't have devotion, you know. I ended up, like, I didn't even pray when I left the room. I prayed after breakfast using the bathroom. And I'm like, wow. And then when he gave his appeal, I'm like, All right, God's talking to me directly. And um, it's kind of, like, encouraging. Speaker gave you hope. Amen. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Anybody else give you hope today? Huh? Well, then we need to go on because you need more hope. You can't leave here without hope. <laughs> I remember you guys when I um, gave my life to Jesus and I went back, I, I started to, okay, I started to really struggle then because my friends would call me on the phone and I didn't want to talk to them. I would drive and normally I would go into places and we would have, I would associate in areas where we'd, we'd, we'd drink some things that we weren't supposed to drink in those kind of establishments and I'd, I'd pass them by and they'd see my truck and, and, and all of a sudden I, I, I was doing the same thing that I did when I was 14. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me one day and he says, Ken, do you love me? He says, are you ashamed of me? And I'm like, oh, God, I'm doing it again. And so, guys, I I said, no, God, I'm not ashamed of you. And so I asked Jesus to come into my life, and that's when I started to read the Bible and the spirit of prophecy together. Guys, I had hair down to here. I went into church for the first time, and people moved out of the way, and people, some of the older people, they looked at me and they said, "Uh, what are you doing here? They knew me. They knew me. They had seen, they knew my life. They knew my reputation. Guys, when when I was all of Jesus, I'm all of Jesus. But when I was all of self, I was all of self. 
And so, thank you, David. And so, you know, you guys, I was sitting here then, okay, what do I do? I remember two men coming over to my house and they sat down in, in, in the couch and, and my wife and I were there and they were our friends and, and um, I'll never forget this. Um, they said, hey, they, they gave me my, my nickname. Everybody had a nickname for me. I'm not going to share with you what that was. Um, but they said, hey, the devil has sent us here to get you to come back. I was struggling, you guys. Because I was in well over my head when I was... When you, when, you give, when you give away your testimony, when you deny the power of God in your life, when you, when you no longer recognize him or value him as having authority over your life, the devil is very real and you get involved in things that you shouldn't. And my wife, she gets up and leaves the room. She doesn't know what to make of all this either. And I said, I'm sorry, guys, but um, I'm not going to go back. I don't care what it costs me. I've given my life to Jesus. And when I made that statement, guys, I didn't know what else to do. I still hung around the same guys, only I just didn't do the same thing. It was a little awkward at first. I was on a city league foot, foot, flag football team, and I still played with those guys. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I came to church, and, and people said, what are you doing here? But I wasn't going to church now because I was trying to go to heaven so that I wouldn't burn in hell. I was going to church because, you know, Jesus was my Savior now, and he meant everything to me, and I love him. And so now I want to share Jesus with everybody, and, and I don't know how to do it yet, but I'm, I'm doing it. And, and, you know, they'd be around, and the joints would be passing, and somebody else would say, hey, that's so-and-so. I, I keep on saying, I don't want to say my nickname. There's Ken. Uh, he doesn't do that anymore. Guys, I started to take literature. I'd read my Bible, and I'd read, in, 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 and I'd put literature in my lunch bag. And I'd put Happiness Digest, which is Steps to Christ. And I, would, I was a welder, and so I'm welding pipe. You know, I'm welding, and then while my helper is grinding that pipe, I pull this Happiness Digest out, and I have my hood up, and I'm reading this. And as you share your faith, as you say yes to God, you'll begin to develop an ear to hear this Holy Spirit. Satan knows this. And as you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and you're faithful, and even though you're going to be pressured and, oh, this is awkward, it's going to be terrible on you to go door knocking door to door today. Do it. Because Jesus will be there with you. And, and you know what? Satan, he's going to hang around for a while. But after a while, he's going to say, I don't like this. Ah, you're talking about Jesus. And the power of God is going to say, Take a hike, buddy. I defeated you at Calvary's cross. I'm doing it right now. Ken has given his life to me. You got it? And you see, I began to develop an ear for the Lord to do, to do his will. And there was this man that was in my area. Now, where there's 4,000 men on the job. Huge 
power plant, building power plants, and I mean just a huge construction area. And this man, he's cussing and he's swearing, and I'm now saying, God, how can I witness to him? Because I didn't think I'm better than him. I used to do the same thing. And so now I'm saying, Lord, how can I, how can I share about your love? How can I share with him? And God just says, just, just wait a minute. It's not time. You'll develop an ear to hear. God doesn't call us to be obnoxious Christians. He doesn't say, hey, let me see if you have tattoos. No, all right, you're all right. Oh, wait a minute, I saw that. You know this is wrong. God never asks us to be obnoxious. God says, ah, there's a tattoo. Man, you ought to see all my scars i got a lot more than you. How old are you? Guess what? I'm over 50. I've sinned a lot more than you have. You see now my compassion? You see when I, I see that I'm a sinner? Now I'm praying, and the Holy Spirit just says, be quiet. Now he's telling dirty jokes. He's telling, I'm not laughing, but I'm trying to be nice. I don't know what to say. And one day I'm welding here, and I'm reading I'm reading this book, and I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm filling my mind, and I'm saying, Lord, okay, you tell me when to be a witness. For two weeks, God wouldn't let me say anything to this guy. And one day, he comes up from behind me, taps me on the shoulder, and says, what are you reading? And the Spirit of the Lord says, now's the time, Ken. And I, guys, I don't know what I did. I, I, I did this. And I said, oh, this book is awesome. Now, you guys, what is, more, what is awesome to a, a dirty-minded guy? He says, oh, what do you got, a penthouse? And I, and I look, and I says, I looked at it like this. I said, no, it's a lot better than that. <laughs> and he's like, what can be better than a por- pornographic magazine? And then I point it to him and I said, this is all about Jesus and all about his love for us and how he died for us and how he's, he, he's willing to save us. And his mouth just went, oh. Guys, he turned around and then he said, oh, I'm a Christian. And then my mouth sort of went, really? <laughs> and he says, well, he says, I'm a backslider. I'm a backslider. I said, hey, would you like one of these books? I got it. He went home and he read it. He never swore around me again. He never swore around our crew again. Guys, I'm called to catch fish. I'm not called to clean them. And so he came back to me and he said, hey, he said, I started going to church again. And I wanted to say, oh, I hope it's the Seventh-day Adventist church. I hope you're keeping the Sabbath. And God just said, be quiet. And I said, praise the Lord. You're going back to church. He came back to me again. And he says, where can I get more of those books? I've just been amazed. We got him 100 of those books. And he passed out 100 Happiness Digest called uh, Steps to Christ to all the members of that church. Heidi's going to wrap up. Praise the Lord. 
Has he been working in you? Has he been working in you? I'd like you to take a little bit of time uh, before before we um, completely wrap up. When, actually, when does this get over? The, the session schedule is right next to you. Okay, 1045. Good. Um, has it been a blessing to hear how God has worked in Pastor Ken's life? The way that he has worked in your life is no less amazing. Keep that in mind. The way that he is working and has worked in your life is no less amazing. And the experiences that, that each of us have had, they're phenomenal because it's what God can do. And I want you to take some time uh, really quickly with your little groups again. And if you can or feel comfortable, um, share, share one of those experiences where, I guess you could say it would be if you can share your personal testimony in 30 seconds to a minute. It's important to be able to learn how to say that. Um, you'll have experiences, you know, on a plane where someone will ask you right away, well, how did you come to know Jesus? What are you going to say in that first 30 seconds to help them understand that you really know him, that you love him, that he's done something in your life? And I know that that was valuable to me when someone asked me to do it, to turn to my friend and say, uh, okay, yeah, (laughs) let me share. Um, So I think that will be valuable for us as well. Uh, But think about that. If you were just asked that simple question, maybe you're on a plane and someone asks you, hey, how did you come to know Jesus? What would you say? We'll do that for a second or two, and then we may have a few people share, and then we'll close with prayer. And you guys, another prayer that I prayed that helped me every day was I said, Lord, I'm not intelligent enough to know how to start a conversation or how to know how to share my faith, but I want to be in your presence, and so I want to know when. I I was sitting at, at an elevator, you know, we're working 300 feet up in the air, and I was a couple hundred feet up in the air, and somebody come up to me, and I have all my tools and my helpers around me, and we're going to another job. And a guy comes up to me and says, hey, you got a smoke? And I says, what? He said, yeah, give me a cigarette. <laughs> and, and I didn't realize this, but I carried a pack of tracks in my pocket. <laughs> That's awesome. Just like this. <laughs> And, and, and I said, no, I, I don't have a smoke. And then the Spirit of the Lord said, Kenny's looking at your pocket. Yeah. And, and you develop this yeah, ear yeah, for yeah. the voice of God. Yeah. And so I said, oh, no, but I got something better than that. And he says, oh, you got a joint? And I said, no, it's better than a joint. And I pulled it out, and it said salvation on it. Amen. And I said, this is all about how God's power to save us and free us from that stuff. Mm. And he's like, wow, are you on the level? You know, and he says, here, let me take that. Guys, I don't know yeah. what opportunities. You're in for, a, you're in for an adventure yeah. if you say, God, you can have my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Just living in, in reference to God in your life is amazing, too. I don't know if you've thought about that concept, but just not being afraid to say, oh, wow, God is so good in the middle of whatever you're doing throughout your day. I can guarantee you, you'll start seeing where God is at work in other people's lives because they'll just unload on you. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a couple sessions following. But take some time to share uh, with each other. If someone were to ask you, how did you meet Jesus? How would you share that in a short amount of time? As we wrap this up, I hope some of you were able to share. I know not everyone. 
it's hard to do it in such a short amount of time. 30 seconds is tight. I know. Um, how many of you were here on Friday evening? How many of you were here on Friday evening when uh, Israel Ramos was sharing uh, based off of the passage? Okay, awesome. There are a few. Uh, based off of 1 John 1. First few verses of 1 John 1. That really stuck out to me. And, you know, as, as you've been listening to the testimonies of others and how they would share in a short way, you know, this is how I met Jesus. I was just thinking about it up here, if someone were to ask me. Um, really, the experience with Jesus is just a deepening knowing of Him. Do you know what I mean? An experience with Christ is where every time you encounter Him, you love Him more. And He's so precious. Uh, he becomes, oh, more amazing than anything in the world. And I think of that, I thought of that verse in First John talking about something that we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, we've looked upon, and our hands have handled. And when I think about testimony, and just listening to Pastor Ken share a little bit more, you know, he's handled Jesus, right? And when we think about what we, what we have to share, all we really have to share is those moments in which we have handled Christ and experienced him so deeply that we can't help but share, Jesus has meant this to me. It's not, oh, I grew up going to church and I'm, you know, whatever, we came into the church this way or that way. It's, it's I found Jesus this one day when I was reading a passage and it hit me and it struck me and Jesus became real. You know, realizing how real he is. And I pray that as we share with other people, that when they see us and that as we share, it's so genuine and so real uh, that, that even if it's short and it's not some dramatic thing, they know that it's genuine. Uh, that's what Christ working in us is all about. Let's pray as we close. We'll have a little break and then start our third session. Um, but thank you for sharing with each other. Thank you for being vulnerable. Uh, thank you for letting Jesus work in you and continue to do so. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you so much. Again, Lord, I can't, I can't not thank you uh, for the way that you've worked in my life. Lord, it is so overwhelming um, to think about all the little things that you've done. And I know that this room is full of hearts who all feel the same way. Lord, we, um, we simply desire to know and love you more. We want this relationship and this testimony and this you working in us to change us and use us. And the, the listening to the Holy Spirit in our ear, we want that to become more and more clear. Father, please continue to work in me, work in us. And may the testimony that we bear be one of a real connection and a real encounter with Christ. Lord, we thank you for not only being able to forgive us, but having power to change and for the testimony that that gives to the lives of those around us. Bless each one here, Lord. Um, bless our next session. We just ask for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources, visit us online at gycweb.org.